Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. A series. Actually, I feel like we started it way before then because just miracles just started spontaneously happening. Um, so I feel like we've we've been on this for a little bit, but we really haven't. Uh, but we started a series last week on on miracles, and um, we took a look last week at the will of God concerning miracles. We kind of laid a foundation for where we're headed. And uh, I, if you if you miss that, make sure you get the podcast because I, I really feel like that that is something that's going to help you understand a foundation for miracles, uh, especially in a culture and a society where um, that's, that's not the norm, right? We live in a day and age where, where preaching and teaching on miracles and the, the supernatural power of God is actually you try to regulate that to the back room somewhere. Let's not talk about that. We don't want to embarrass people. We don't want people to feel uncomfortable. But the, how many of you know that the supernatural is for today? It didn't, it didn't end. It didn't end in Acts. It didn't end just because people got uncomfortable. The supernatural uh, is for today. I love the stories of the evangelism teams that are going out. Um, how many of you were a part of our uh, miracle evangelism teams that went out before? Some, several of y'all are here. Um, man, how, how powerful were those? You know, you just set aside some time to hear from the Lord and just go out and, and trust Him to see what He'll do. It's life-changing. You know, it's life-changing. I'll never forget, um, you know, most of you know that we moved I, I moved to New Orleans, and then that's kind of life, and life happened there. But then we, we met, we got married. All, you, you all know the story. But I'll never forget going out. Let me say this. Going out on the streets in the French Quarter is a lot different than going out on the streets in Akron. <laughs> I'll just, maybe, maybe I could just say that, and you, you can fill in the gap. You know, you can figure that out. Still real issues. People are still hurting. It just looks different. haven't really lived until you've sat down next to someone who's hurting and broken, drunk out of their minds, issues broken, smells like they've been on the streets for a decade, and just let, let Christ come. You know, our, our initial response, and, and I'm just, I'm expounding on the evangelism, you know, the teams that are going out a little bit here, but Society would teach us, culture in the church would teach us. Maybe I should say that better. Culture in the church would teach us that we need to preach hell and condemnation and bring, bring guilt and, you know, whatever. whatever the, I mean, and there's plenty of those people out there, too, that will carry the signs and, you know, tell you how quickly you're going to hell. And that's, the reality is, yes, you're going to hell, but that's, I need to know that Christ redeems I know I'm going to hell, but I need the reality of, of redemption. I need the reality of his miracle working power. And there's nothing like just letting the miraculous be normal. Letting, letting the supernatural be normal. 
It's supernatural, but let it be commonplace in your life where, where you just pause in those moments. Stop being in such a hurry. I got to get on to the next thing. Let me give you, you know, here's your buck, you know, to get your food or whatever outside the window, car window. Just pause for a moment. I love the story of Danny. Danny's not here this morning, but, but I love how, how long, you know, the miracle evangelism teams were ministering to Danny. And, and all that was, all that was, was a prayer time before going out saying, God, where and to who? And God showed Kathy and her team a man. She didn't know who he was. Went out onto the street, found the man. Lo and behold, there's Danny. Danny's now born again and in church today because of that. That's awesome. That's, that's miracle working power. They just paused and didn't get in a hurry. Just let God come and broke off the alcohol, broke off the addiction, step by step, baby step after baby step. So I just want to encourage you, as we, as we dive into this, this isn't just about you getting information and there not be any implementation. I want you to get a download from heaven, and I want you to go use what you're getting. Go put it into practice. How many of you took time this week, maybe I should ask this rhetorically, uh, but how many of you took time this week to just tune into the Holy Spirit and, and wait for miracles and, and maybe look for and expect miracles this week in your life? Just raise, wave at me, okay? So that's gonna double this week. That's gonna double this week. There was a good number of hands, but it's gonna double. You're gonna take time this week and look for the miraculous. So we took a look at the will of God concerning miracles. Today I wanna jump in, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, if you have your Bible, I'm gonna, again, I'm gonna go all over scripture. I'm gonna give you a lot of different things, so just take notes. Um, and I'm, I'm more of in a teaching mode here, you know, in this series, because I, I wanna teach, I wanna expound. Uh, I might jump over into preaching a little bit, but I, I more so want to teach and expound on miracles uh, with you. But in the Bible, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul teaches us about the spiritual gifts. Now, we didn't go into the, the gift of miracles uh, last week. Uh, that is one of the power gifts. It is there, the gift of miracles, and, I, and I'm sure in the coming weeks we'll unpack it, but uh, that's not where we're headed today. But the Holy Spirit teaches us here in in, in Paul's writings that there is a diversity of gifts, that in, in these gifts that, that are given by God, given by the Spirit of God to the church, there's a diversity of gifts. And these gifts all manifest in a, in a diversity of ways. They all come about and operate in, in a diversity of ways. And the, our, our unique personalities and who we are come out in those expressions. They're God-given gifts and they're expressions of his grace. The, you know the word there is the charisma, the grace of God, but, but they also kind of carry with them our own unique expression of who we are. It's, that, it's Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's handiwork. Every single one of us are God's handiwork. So you can't look at uh, Kristen or he Pastor Heather or uh, you know, Paul or Mike or whoever and say, well, my gift doesn't function like their gift because uh, it, it looks different. It's going to look different because that's God's unique expression through you. So you can't compare uh, their diversity. 
and you have your own individuality that is being expressed there. They're manifestations of God's grace. They're distributed by the Holy Spirit. As, we, as you go through 1 Corinthians 12, you see here that the gifts actually bring unity. They're to edify and to bring unity to the body. Paul says that they're for the profit of all. So as we function in the gifts, as we function, and, and for the sake of understanding miracles, we're going to just label them all as miraculous because they're all supernatural. Uh, but there's different levels of that, um, and, and we'll get into a little bit of that today in the coming weeks. But, but they're all supernatural. They're all miraculous, right? So for the sake of our series, we'll just say that they're all miraculous. And, in, and when we function in these, it brings unity to the body. There's a gift of the Holy Ghost that God wants to use in your life for the profit and the building up of his church. Do you believe that? There's a, there's a gift, there's something that God uniquely wants to do in and through your life. I'm not just talking about a calling or, or strength. You know, we talked about that last week. Sometimes we try to retreat to what we know we're good at, what, what's safe. We try to retreat into these areas that are strengths of ours, and we can't neglect our strengths. And, but we also don't get the luxury of changing God's assignment because we don't feel like we're good at something. God still assigned for you and I a, a spiritual gift to operate. He's still delivering on those gifts today. And we've got to learn how to function in those. It's, it's given in a moment. Those gifts are given in a moment, but they take a lifetime of stewardship and maturity. That's why we can find people who function maybe as we today jump into the gift of faith or gift of miracles, gift of healing, and, and we, we, our natural man, and you don't have to admit that you've ever done this because I'll admit for you that I've done it, and you kind of step back and you're like, eh, do they really know what they're doing? You know, are they causing more harm than good? We've all been there. And it, it's not a matter of whether or not God gave them a gift. It's stewardship and discipleship. And so let me just say for you on the outset here that you need to disciple and steward the gifts that God has given you. And the best place to do that is in the local church. It's, in, it's at Celebration Church. It's because this is where God has planted you to be discipled and mature in those. And I happen to have it on good authority that you have great pastors who are really good at, at discipling those gifts that, that operate in discernment and can tell you to be quiet and get into the Word, who will tell you that you need to put the Word of God with that. I, oh my goodness. Can, can I just pause for a moment and just say this? Can I just say it? Use the word of God. You can never go wrong with his word. So if God is stirring in you, with word of wisdom, word of knowledge, miracle healing, whatever, whatever the miraculous is, we said it last week, God releases his power to accomplish what he predetermined to accomplish. So if, it's, if he's releasing his word, He's doing it for a purpose. You gotta know what that purpose is. How do you know what that purpose is? You gotta tie it to the word. You gotta be in the word. So be in the word of God. Use the word of God. Use scripture. You can never go wrong. I remember one time, and I'll tell on myself and, and I'll get into the teaching on faith today, but I'll, I'll never forget one of the times that I felt like God was stirring in my heart a word for someone. And I was like, God, I have to have a scripture. I was very young and 
new to this. And when I was young and new to this, I really didn't have anyone teaching me. I grew up in Assembly of God Church, but we said we believed in the gifts, but we'd never practiced them. And we certainly didn't disciple people on how to use them. Um, so it was all kind of foreign to me. I don't know that I've ever heard it prior. Yeah, going back, I don't think I ever heard a sermon on, or message or teaching even on spiritual gifts. Um, anyway, that's a whole nother story for another day. But I remember being young in that and trying to figure this out. And I went up to this person and, and was, I was like, God, you got to give me a word, a scripture word. And I, I fell all over myself. I couldn't talk. I mean, my, I, I'm, I hate public speaking. I hate standing in front of people. I hate talking to people I don't know. You all know this. This is nothing new. This is not new news. And um, the only way that I can do any of this is by the grace of God. So I'm, I'm trying to share, and I'm falling all over myself. And thank God for his word. It was the only thing that I could actually get out clearly. But it was the only thing that made sense. <laughs> but that was good enough for the person. It was a moment. And I've seen God use these gifts over and over. As we jump into the gift of faith today, I wanna give you another example of this, recent example. Um, Wednesday night, was it two weeks ago? That was Night of Hope, there we go. Night of Hope, we'll use that as an example. It's happened multiple times, so we'll just use Night of Hope as an example. But how many of you were here, how many of you were here for Night of Hope this recent? And as we're standing there, you know, it's not, it's not church. It's not the church environment. It's an outreach. It's not, you don't feel spiritual. You know, it's not like you've got Holy Ghost goosebumps and everybody's jumping for joy and woo, we're having church, right? It's outreach. And we have great worship and all that, but, but it just in that moment, as I was literally walking up this way, this is a dangerous area, I guess. You walk up this way and the, the Holy Spirit stands right there and talks, right? As you get up on the platform. I'm joking, I'm really joking, but it, but it happens frequently. Um, but as I walked up on the platform, the Lord just spoke, and it was a word of knowledge, and he said, I want you to pray for people with pain. I think it was pain, was it pain in the shoulders? I want you to, shoulder pain, ro rotator cuffs, discs, all this, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, I don't know all this, but this, pain. And so I asked, and there was dozens of hands that went up, and it was just real quick, word of faith. It was the word of faith in my heart. God said, I'm gonna heal, coupled with the word of knowledge. And I spoke that word. And the release of that word, just speaking that word, raise your hand, speaking the word. And all of them that raised their hands were healed. It was that, it was, how does that happen? Well, it's God, but it's, that is a word of faith. It's the gift of faith in operation to bring healing to those that were here. Everybody who acted in faith, raised their hand, got healed. And I had multiple people stop me through the building saying, you have no idea how long I've been in pain and the pain is completely gone. It's that simple, okay? So as you think about spiritual gifts, think about chain link fence. You know, that, the chain link fence. You can't come against one and expect them all to work. You, you cut one or you try to ostracize one, they all roll up in front of you and it doesn't work, right? But also with the chain link fence, it also demonstrates the connectedness of the body, that unity that comes when we all function and operate in our gifts and what God's given us together. It also demonstrates the, the 
uniqueness of the gifts and how they function together. When you, many times, just like the Night of Hope example that I gave, there's, there was multiple gifts in operation and there's times when the gifts operate that you don't even recognize it what, it's hard to differentiate what's happening when. There's a word of knowledge, there's a healing, there's a gift of faith, there's a miracle, there's, and they're, they're all functioning together. So as you step into the gifts, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will begin to use you in the miraculous and multiple things start happening. And before you know it, you're operating in multiple things and God's just moving. And that's, what you, that's where we need to get to. Get to the place where we're comfortable with the work of God and he does that work in our life. So, I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures here, but to understand faith, the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 12 that there's a, there's a gift of faith. Now, this is different than the faith that we have when we're born again. There's saving faith. Ephesians 2.8 tells us about saving faith. The Philippian jailer had this. The thief on the cross had saving faith. So there's, there's saving faith. There's faith that you have when you, how many of you got in a car this morning and drove here or rode here? You got into a vehicle. Yeah, you, so you had some measure of faith or reliance or you know, probability. Something was happening for you to get into that vehicle and get here this morning. Some of you had to put faith in your alarm clock to wake you up this morning with that lack of hour sleep. So there's, there's, a, there's a measure of, of natural faith, there's saving faith. In Romans 12, the Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith. So there's a seed, if you will, of faith, that, that that seed of faith can mature, it can develop, it can grow in our lives. It's interesting to me that, that faith, everything that the Christian life operates on, operates on this foundation of faith. The very essence of our redemption is rooted in faith. We are born again because of this work of faith. And yet we understand so little about faith and we don't venture past saving faith. A lot of Christians don't ever get past saving. We're good, we know we're born again, but then we operate in fear in other areas of our life and wonder why we're not successful in business or successful in our, our marriages, careers, whatever, but we're not operating in faith, we operate in fear. We, we're comfortable with a measure of faith, a seed of faith for redemption, but God wants to take us further. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm not talking, a lot of times when we hear faith, let me just acknowledge the, the elephant in the room. When we hear faith, what do we think? We think prosperity gospel. We think, you know, we think of the abuses of that word. But, but can you just tune in with me this morning on what, what we're taught in scripture about the gift of faith? So this is a gift, a special faith that goes beyond saving faith. It's a divine gift that supersedes intellect or natural ability. The gift of faith, I can't, you know, that, that example from Night of Hope, I can't heal people on my own. I don't have that ability. But, but faith deposited in my heart, is it, it supersedes my intellect. It's not something that I can create. I didn't come up with a plan or a scheme that, hey, tonight, Night of Hope team, we're going to heal everybody that's got sore, sore shoulders. We're going to, that's, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to heal them all. That's, that's, not the, that's not the plan. The act of faith is that God deposits that word, that awareness in your heart in the moment and says, this is what I'm going to do. And faith is a result. It's a guarantee. It's an assurance. 
when faith is deposited, it is more real than the natural circumstances around you. You're more aware of what God is speaking to you in that moment than the natural present situation. When God said, I'm going to heal them, the reality of God's healing was more aware, I was more aware of that reality than the pain that they were experiencing. Do you follow? And it is released, this special faith, this gift of faith, it's deposited beyond our intellect, beyond our ability. It's a guarantee, there's an assurance in our heart, and it is released through a spoken word. You release it, the faith is released through that word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the message concerning Christ. There's this, there's this principle of releasing through your mouth, releasing the word that God has shared with you. And when you release that, there's a, there's a response. Now, the, what's the difference between miracles and faith? What's the difference between operating in a gift of miracles or gift of faith? Gift of miracles is, is an active. You're active in it. When God works a miracle, he uses a human. He uses something in the natural. For example, remember, remember the crow in, in Peter's denial? Miraculous moment. God moved on that crow that, that to, to do his thing. And when he did his, it was a miraculous moment. Remember, remember the donkey? If God can't find a two-legged one, he'll find a four-legged one, right? He used the donkey. A miracle happened. Remember David? Miraculous moment. Killing of the lion, killing of the bear. How many of you have killed a lion or a bear with your bare hands? Right? I'm not talking about with a, with a weapon. You, you usually take a weapon with you, not David. Like, I got this. <laughs> Bare hands. Mir- miraculous moment. So gift of miracles is active, requires you to be active. The gift of faith is more on, on the passive side. You release a word, but God does the work. God's doing the work. You are, you are believing, you're operating in that faith, but God does the work. The gift of faith is a power gift. We mentioned that earlier, that it is, if you look at the three categories of the gifts, the spiritual gifts, there's revelation gifts, there's power gifts, there's inspiration gifts. The gift of faith is, is a power gift. A lot of times, what tends to happen in, um, we, we, don't, we don't understand um, the difference with fear and faith. And, and we, we try to work up, we try to work ourselves past fear, right? We have, there's a, there's a natural fear. The doctor gives a diagnosis. People, you know, what if they don't get healed? You know, what if God doesn't come through? You know, I, I thought we were crazy when God said believe for $30,000 in that first offering. Uh, and that's where we set the goal. And I gotta tell you that week, I, ne- I never said this publicly, I thought I was crazy for believing for 30,000. You know, you say things when, when God deposits this, those words and that gift of faith, you, you hear them and you think, well, that's crazy. If, you, if you're not careful, your brain will run, a right, run away with what your spirit man's telling you, right? And so my brain started to, to run away with, eh, that's $30,000. 
And then the Lord came and he said, it's going to double. And I thought, now you're really crazy. But, but in that moment, I'm serious, in that moment, there was an assurance when the Lord spoke that. There was an assurance in my heart that we weren't just getting 30000 I knew 60000 was coming in. I knew it. I knew it before we showed up. Now, I didn't advertise that, and we didn't, you know, that was just something between me and the Lord. I said, Lord, we, we're just going to speak that, that that 60000 comes in. We're just going to say that over our church. We're going to speak that blessing, the 60000 And in that moment, there was no fear. So God dispels when faith comes, fear is dispelled. When, when faith rises up, there's no, room, there's no room for fear. When faith comes, there's no room for fear. Did you hear me? When faith comes, there's no room for fear. Faith dispels fear. So when God speaks, there's no place. There's, there, it is what God says is an assurance. It is guaranteed. There is a money back guarantee for eternity that what God said is going to happen. And so just as sure as God said, 60,000 is coming in. It's like, okay. And then we're, we're now, how many weeks? We're not even a month. We're not even a month from the release from that first offering, and we're at over $70,000. It's awesome. It's awesome. So God, God wants you to operate in the faith, gifts of faith. Let me give you some examples. So in 1 Kings 17, I told you I was going to go through scripture. So 1 Kings 17, we find the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman. I love this story because here's a woman. She got nothing. She's got nothing. She's got a little bit of oil in her cabinet, and that's it. And, and Elisha comes to her and says, go get some vessels. Go to all your neighbor's house. Go knocking on their doors. I want you to get, don't just get a couple. Don't just get a couple. I want you to get as many vessels as you can get. You remember the story? And so Elisha says, now this woman is in, in a predicament. Because she's got her husband's debt that she's dealing with. Right? She's, she's trying to pay off all of his loans. What's interesting about this Again, we can unpack this, but what, what's really interesting about this is that her husband was one of the prophets. He was in the school of prophets that followed Elisha. Are you with me? I, what's, you say, well, what's interesting about that, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Because here's a man who is, who is aligned with a man who was functioning in prosperity. But it never transferred. He never walked in it himself. Here's a man who was walking in the miraculous, but it never became personal. He was, he was walking with a prophet, but he never lived it out for himself. You can come to church. You can hear all the great teaching. You, you can sit here and watch us pray for people and see God move and teaching on miracles and, and, it, and never make it personal for yourself. 
Or you can sit here and you can grab that word, make it personal, begin to live it out in your life. You can say, I'm going to make this miraculous life my life. I'm going to live supernaturally. I'm going to stop living under the curse. I'm going to stop living under brokenness. I'm going to start living the life that God's called me to live. And so that's, this woman was left dealing with her husband's mess. Women, don't nudge your husbands. She's dealing with her husband's mess. And the prophet comes and says, I want you to go get the oil and go get some vessels. Uh, can I pause here and just in the moment, just share the Holy Spirit. Want you, maybe you just need to get some of your vessels. Maybe, maybe this woman's shame was keeping her from her miracle. Can I just pause on this for a moment? I, I know I'm teaching about the gift of faith, but I just want to jump over here for a minute and say maybe this woman's shame and the issues and all that she was going through kept her in that place of bondage. But now the man of God was telling her, go get the vessels. I know that you don't want people to know your mess. I know that you're trying to keep it quiet. I know, I know. I know that you've tried to just keep it inside your four walls of your house. But sweetie, your son's going to jail over this. So when are you going to stop allowing your shame to cause your generational lineage to be under a curse? When are you going to break the cycle off of your child? It's been on the daddy and it's on you and you need to stop this before it gets any further. Come on now. Y'all are making me work too hard for your amens this morning. This is, this is truth. She, was, she found herself in a, in a place of shame. And Elisha told her, what? You need to go door to door and tell everybody. <laughs> you need to just go announce it. Just go tell them. My, my son's getting ready to go to jail. I need your vessel. I need some bowls. You got some Tupperware? If you, I, I know somebody who's selling some Tupperware. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> we'll just need your bowls. <laughs> give me the pitchers. Give me the jars. Give me every, whatever you got. I, I need it. And go house to house. And what she do? She began to pour at the word of faith, the gift of faith. Can I, can I just also say here that every one of the spiritual gifts, every one of them are referenced or utilized in the Old Testament. Every one of them. So for people who say, well, the spiritual gifts ended with the, you know, all that mess. And you're, you don't just read your Bible. It was in the Old Testament. You know, what are you talking about? It was in the Old Testament. Even, some people say, well, speaking in tongues was in the Old Testament. Yeah, sure was. In Isaiah 28, Isaiah prophesied. He said, I will speak to these people with another tongue and a stammering lip. This is the rest. Ah, it's all there. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, it was a manifestation God came upon. In the New Testament, He resides within. We have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, living on the inside of me. So, there, there's no excuse for you. <laughs> there's no excuse. You need to operate in the miraculous. So, He releases the word. She pours the oil. You know the story. And the oil flowed as long as there was a vessel. As long as there was a bowl, the oil flowed. And he said, go sell the oil and pay off your debt and live on the rest. Look how God took 
what was shameful in one moment changed it. What about Daniel? Daniel chapter 6, he was in the lion's den. Remember Daniel? The Bible says in Daniel 6 that, that when he was put into the lion's den, that when he came out, verse 23, he was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he what? He believed in his God. There was a, you tell me, that's a gift of faith. You lower me in a lion's den. I need a gift of miracles or a gift of faith, but we got to deal with these lions, right? And the, he, he radiated such faith. There was a gift of faith operating in his life to such a level that those lions just laid down. Left him alone. And here you got the king. <laughs> Can't sleep all night. <laughs> Daniel's sound asleep, snoring in the lion's den. And king can't sleep all night. He finally gets up early, goes out to the lion. Daniel! <laughs> Shh, don't wake the lions. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're good. I was worried about you, king. I'm okay. My God has saved me. Now, can we talk about those people who made me end up here? <laughs> And that's sure enough, that's what the king did. He threw in his accusers into the lion's den. And the Bible says that the lions snapped their bones and devoured them. It's a pretty graphic scene. You should read it. But it's, a, you know, it's really good. The lions destroyed his accusers, and the king made a decree that Daniel's God is the living God. Yeah, Daniel. What about Jesus, who was asleep on the boat? <laughs> And Mark, that's the place you want the miracle worker to be. Right in the middle of your storm, asleep. <laughs> Have you ever felt that way in the middle of life? I think Jesus is taking a siesta in the back of the boat, and I need a miracle. <laughs> we were, your break time is over. <laughs> we were talking about that this morning. Get up, Jesus. say, well, he was, he was the son of God. Yeah, he was, but he was also functioning as the son of man. And what did he do? What did Jesus do? They, they come in a panic. Get up, Jesus. You, the, you should read the Greek in the description of the, in this passage in Mark 4, what's, what is actually being described from this storm. It, wasn't, it was a windstorm. It was like a, it was a hurricane on, on the Sea of Galilee. It was a water spout. And the wind had come and was tossing the boat. And the boat was filling it with, it wasn't like a thunderstorm, it was a windstorm. And they were panicked, absolutely panicked. And what did Jesus do? He goes up and literally the Greek says he went, shh. It says it just like that, shh, not really. But, but that's what it implies. You didn't laugh. I thought, oh, I better clarify that. He actually went, shh, you actually believed me. <laughs> he, he went, shh. And, that, and, that, and that's not what he said, but that's essentially what he did. And the sea calmed. Gift of faith. What about Stephen? I love the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 6. The Bible says about Stephen that he was what? Full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. 
if you, if you read on in verse eight, it says that he was full of faith and power and did great wonders and signs among the people. This level, this gift of faith was such operation in Stephen's life. Now, let's just pause and reflect. It got him killed. Okay, so let's just, let's reflect for the moment that not everybody's gonna like the gift of faith in operation. But, but nonetheless, he was operating in great signs and wonders, this gift of faith. He was waiting on the tables. He wasn't one of the apostles. He wasn't, he wasn't doctor, pastor, reverend, apostle, whatever, you know. He didn't have all the titles. He was serving tables. He was helping the widows and the orphans. You can imagine in that type, in that demographic of crowd, some of the ailments and the issues he had to deal with. Think, think about in, in the seniors, widows, orphans, neglected. Think about that demographic, the health issues, the crises they were facing, and here's Stephen, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, and he's ministering to all these people, serving them bread, their food, and taking care of their spiritual, physical needs at the same time through the gift of faith. That's the kind of life that we're called to live. This isn't just, uh, that's good in the New Testament, that's a good story. This is the life that you and I are called. It was just natural. Stephen went about doing what he was commissioned to do, to wait on tables. (laughs) You could be, I was looking for Brandon, because he's at Domino's, I don't know where he is. Lights in my eyes. He's back there. People, I see hands pointing. He must be back there. You could be Domino's man, right? I don't know. Just help me. Humor me. That's driving. You can use the Domino's app and, and know exactly where he is. He shows up at your house. You could just be super natural. Did you hear that? You can be supernatural in everyday life. Whether it's at the church office or wherever you're working, wherever, whatever it is that you're doing, it's just part of who you are. That's what Stephen was doing. Everywhere he went, the supernatural followed and, and happened in his life. I love the story of Wigglesworth. Of course, there's a lot of great, you know, once we get outside of uh, the New Testament, you start looking at church history and historical data. There's a lot of people who have operated in this gift of faith, but I love, uh, I love this example. Y'all put it up there too soon. Hang on, I'm still talking. I'll get there. Don't, don't ruin the story. So, so Wigglesworth, on account, on record, three, at least three that we know of, people raised from the dead. This is one of those accounts. So, he he's on he's on his way. He knew this guy, Mr. Mitchell was a friend. He was on his way home, passing Mr. Mitchell's house. And on the way by the house, he hears Mr. Mitchell's wife screaming. He goes into the house and she's, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. She's freaking out because her husband's dead. And Wigglesworth walks up to the bed. Let's put up the quote. But I continued praying. I got as far as I could with my own faith. And then God laid hold of me. Oh, it was such a laying hold that I could believe for anything. The faith of the Lord Jesus laid hold of me 
and solid peace came into my heart. I shouted, he lives, he lives, he lives, and he's living today. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lord. Say, Pastor, do I need to raise the dead? How about you just start small? You can, you can raise the dead if the Lord says that. Go for it. But how about you just start, how about you just start with commanding that headache to leave somebody? How about you start small and ask the Lord to give you a gift of faith right where you're at? Maybe, maybe it's just a, a gift of faith for a miracle in the moment with your coworker. Why do we operate in the gifts of faith? If you look back over these stories, you see some examples. But one, it's an opportunity to proclaim God's word. Everywhere that Stephen went, he was proclaiming the word of God. It gave him an opportunity. It actually says in verse 10 of Acts 6 that they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. That they were trying to resist him. They were trying to debate with Stephen. But because of this gift of faith and the signs and the wonders and what he was doing, how he was ministering, they couldn't resist. They couldn't resist him. So they had to kill him. I mean... That's what you do with people you can't control, right? You, you just got to squash them. You've got to oppress them or kill them. Just telling you the truth. And so I, I think what has happened in the church, can I just maybe segue on that? What's happened in the church is that we've allowed the enemy and culture to oppress our voice. We've not, like Stephen, stayed full of faith. We've not, we've not found ourselves, like Stephen, full of faith in the Holy Ghost. And we've allowed the world to quiet down, culture to quiet down. That's just not popular. And instead, we ought to be bold as lions. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my a witness doesn't keep their mouth shut they have to open up they got to tell what they know you've got power on the inside of you to be a witness to proclaim the word of God don't allow culture to determine how you respond can I tell you something else you create culture Oh, you missed it. You missed an opportunity to shout. The New Testament church resisted the tendency of culture, and they created a culture. They created a culture of the supernatural. They create, the Bible says that they turned the world upside down. Is it said of you that you're turning your world upside down? They turned the world upside down. They created culture. They didn't just allow what people said about them. They didn't allow the light. Why? Because they were full of faith and the Holy Ghost. God, fill us with faith and the Holy Ghost. Baptize us afresh in the Holy Ghost fire, God. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let tongues of fire fall on your head again. Jeremiah said, his word is like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't keep it in. There's something burning on the inside of me that culture can't stop. It can't put it out. It can't quiet it down. 
I can't tell you how many times people have come against us and said, why are you laughing? Why are you falling? Why is this? Why is that? Shut up. It's going to keep going. It's only going to get better, honey. Just come get a seat on the front row and watch. You'll find yourself rolling on the floor and laughing like a hyena too. It's okay. He's going to fill your mouth with joy. It's a lot better than the gossip, I promise. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, I'm a little passionate. Brings liberty to the captives. Why the gift of faith? There's liberty that has to be brought. This widow was bound by the debt. She was bound by her past. She was bound by her shame. And one word changed it all. This morning, there's someone here. You've come in, and it, you've, it's, it, it's like the, the weight of yesterday is you've carried it in. One word is liberating you this morning. A word of faith is bringing them. You feel those things breaking off on the inside of you. You feel your, your spirit man expanding this morning. The, it's like a flower in the noonday sun. You're soaking up rain. Why? The word of faith liberates you. When you begin to speak, that word of faith, that gift of faith brings liberty to the oppressed. It brings calm in troubled waters. In uncertainty and in fear, God speaks a word of faith and all of a sudden that fear is dispelled. The uncertainty is cleared. What was muddy and uncertain, that word of faith, that gift of faith in operation begins to break down the mud and the junk and the garbage. And then lastly, the gift of faith glorifies God. I I don't... I don't know that I would sign up to go into the lion's den. (laughs) I don't know that that would be where I'd want to end up. But sometimes it's the furnace, it's the lion's den, it's the storm. It's all in those trials and those tribulations where you really begin to discover the gift of faith and how much joy there is in God. All of a sudden, in the middle of that mess, you're, the assurance of God's guarantee, passing human intellect, passing human ability, rises up on the inside of you, the certainty, the special gift of faith, rises up on the, I'm going to see a miracle. We sing that song. What's that song? I'm going to see a victory, I'm going to see a miracle. (laughs) We're going to change that. I'm going to see a miracle. I'm going to see a miracle. I'm going to see a victory in this. And it's not, it's just, it's not the, it's not the, I got to stay up here. Because as soon as I come down there, it's full on where the Holy Spirit is speaking. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to, I'm going to. Y'all can come back. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330 762 
You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.